information on this case as it becomes available. Six turned to me with an evil glint in his eyes as the broadcast finished airing. Everyone must pay. I nodded and glanced at the keeper of the home we shared. Six pulled a pack of matches from his pocket and gestured toward the back where our rooms were. His devious mind already had a plan. Five minutes later, a blaze erupted in the bathroom, and I grabbed my bag from my room and slipped out the back. Blood soaked Six's pocket, but I didn't ask what had happened. I didn't want to know. Flames shot into the air, smoke billowing in a thick cloud. I heard a scream from inside, and then Six appeared through the cloud of smoke, his eyes scanning the property. I hooked a thumb toward the car on the corner, and we ran toward it, ducking our heads as a siren wailed and a fire engine roared past us, heading to the blaze. Silence fell between us, deep and liberating, as we climbed into the car. I hot-wired it in seconds and pulled away. With six, there was no need to talk. We had bonded years ago in the sanitarium. I could read his mind now. We would go back to Slaughter Creek, to where it all began, where the commander started his reign of terror, where the townspeople had allowed it to happen and ignored our pleas for help. Heat flooded my veins as I imagined him chained to some godforsaken table, where he became the pincushion for the doctor's needles and drugs, where the chimes drained his blood and watched the life flow from him one breath at a time, while he screamed for help that would never come. Prison was not good enough for the man who tortured and deceived me and the others, the police, the federal agents. They thought they knew the commander's secrets. But they knew nothing. Red Rover, Red Rover, send Seven right over. I would show him what he'd turned me into. And then I would kill him, just as he'd killed me. Over and over and over again, seven times I'd take his life, until he begged me to extinguish the light and finally let him slip into peace. Then I would kill again, just for the fun of watching him die. Chapter One Special Agent Nick Blackwood hated his father. The bastard had ruined the lives of dozens of young, innocent children in the name of his research. He'd ruined the lives of his two sons as well. Nick had his own stories to tell. Stories that he'd never shared with a single living soul. Not even his brother, Jake. But they were his secrets to keep, and he wore them like a badge of honor. The painful memories had shaped him into the man he'd become. A cold, ruthless killer for the government. And now a cold, ruthless federal agent who hunted down the most wanted. The sick and depraved. Psychopaths like his father. The scars on his back ached as he walked into the interrogation room where Arthur Blackwood sat, scars his father had inflicted from the time he was three. But he refused to massage the pain away. Seeing his discomfort would only bring the commander pleasure, and he refused to give him that, just as he refused to react to his father's pleas to get to know him again. Instead, Nick wiped all emotion from his face and mind. This man meant nothing to him. Nothing but a means to an end. He had information Nick wanted. The interrogation techniques Nick had learned in the military taunted him. He'd like to use those on the commander. 
In fact, he would enjoy using them, making his father suffer as he'd made others suffer. Unfortunately, the TBI didn't allow torture as part of their tactics. The downside of being a Fed. He had to play by their rules. He and several other agents had already questioned the commander a half dozen times and gotten nowhere. But they kept hoping he'd slip somehow and reveal the names of other parties involved in the mind experiments they'd conducted at Slaughter Creek Sanitarium. They also wanted a list of all the subjects. If their theories proved correct, the commander had created a slew of mentally unstable twenty-somethings who ranged from trained murderers to psychopaths to sadistic serial killers without a conscience. Not only had the people of Slaughter Creek been affected by the loss of loved ones, but these psychopaths could strike anywhere, anytime. Already they'd uncovered one who'd been a sniper. Worse, a handful of the subjects and two doctors...